So you're a huge fan of Atlanta United. And you want Dave to give you the latest insights to our tactics. Pineda, five in the back, are you kidding me? Or maybe you can't effing believe we signed Don Dwyer and you want to hear Mikey Dobbs rant about it. Well, you've come to the right place. I'm David Katz. And I'm Mike Dobbs. And this is the the ATL on Fire podcast. Everybody, welcome back to another episode of ATL on Fire. I am joined by Dave Katz. How are you doing this evening? Good. How are you, Mikey Dubs? I am doing great, and uh, we appreciate everybody <laughs> tuning in to another ATL on Fire episode. If you're watching on YouTube, please make sure you subscribe, ring the bell, tell some friends, and also follow us on Twitter at ATL on Fire. And uh, yeah, on the podcast catchers, Dave, we're pretty much everywhere. You listen to us on uh, what's what? What's your uh, preference? You're, I like the Apple. You're an Apple person. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a Google. I'm a Google person. Um, but if you're a Spotify person, we're there. Pretty much Podbean. Podbean, or just go to www.atlonfire.com, and you'll find. Although one of our podcast supporters pointed out that the uh, the description, which we did not write, people mm. on the Apple Podcast, is is kind of irreverent, right? I mean, yeah. uh, somebody wrote that. About which which one? What is it? What's it state? It's something about two guys, and they kind of know stuff, and I don't know. It's pretty funny. I think we I, I think up. I did write that. 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 The la- you did. <laughs> lack, lack of knowledge meets the soccer oh. pitch. That wasn't uh, me. Well, okay. you know, you well, know I you know. was toasted at the last soccer game a bit. <laughs> um, right. So um, I do want to point out, dear podcast listeners, that we are introducing a new element. We just <sighs> Twittered out. Right, that uh, we are taking live calls, although it's the podcast, of course, is recorded, but the calls will be live, and you can too can be on the podcast. So, um, obviously, when you're listening to this, the phone number for the next podcast is 470 387 1982. 1982. One more time, 470-387-1982. And we will tweet when we are going to record so that you can call in and be on the show. Love that. And uh, Dave, we got a lot of lots to talk about, even though we've only got one game to recap. Um, we had uh, a lot going on. But before we get into all the things that we want to talk about, you were nice enough to bring us another lovely uh, red wine. Carmen, what do you think of the wine so far? Uh, fantastic as always, Dave. What, Dave, what do we got here? We got Oberon from Napa Valley. It's a classic Cabernet. Um, it's from the Mondavi family of vineyards. Um, I think they just bought Oberon years ago, but um, it's a very, very nice California Cabernet. And Mondavi is kind of responsible for the rebirth of wine in the U.S. If I'm not mistaken, right? I'm yeah, the- it played a huge part of it. It's huge. Yeah. It's a huge winery, and they're kind of our competitors, Mikey Dobbs, because. Our winery was look is located on Oberon Walk. Ah. That's the name of the road, and so we were thinking about Oberon as a title, and we realized there's already a fantastic <laughs> Oberon. So you know we're gonna have to you know compete with those boys, yeah, or those gals, or whoever runs the Oberon Winery. What do, what do you think of it? Uh, have you had this before? Yes, it's yeah. unfortunately terrific. It is. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, uh, as we get into the recap, let's talk about the sad news, which, um, you know, as you and I were at the game together uh, on Saturday, was a six o'clock kickoff roughly Yep. Um, at the Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Uh, beautiful afternoon and here in Atlanta, we face Chicago Fire. At some point, I forget what minute, our, um, you know, one of our very best players, Miles Robinson, who just turned 25, I think, like uh, a few weeks ago. Right. Uh, Rob Schurter tore his Achilles tendon. Uh, yeah. Achilles. It's the same thing, I think. Yeah, really. same thing, right? <laughs> Either way, it's yeah. bad news. Bad news. Um, really sad uh, for for that. He didn't have any contact, right? He just went down, right? No, no contact whatsoever. He kind of was going forward, and then he tried to step back to adjust to a ball in the air that he was going to head down. And So what in the world is in the water at Atlanta United right now, Dave? Well, I'm glad you said in the water because there is a lot of stuff going on in the Twitterverse about how it's Mercedes-Benz and it's a turf and soccer should never be played on turf. Okay, so I think this... The, the cry for a, a solution or for a, a cause of what's going on is being driven by the fact that both of our goalkeepers tore, tore their Achilles, our center back tore his Achilles, and then everybody always, of course, has this memory of Joseph Martinez tearing his ACL. However... Joseph Martinez did it in Nashville. The backup goalkeeper did it in training on grass, right? right? And so there's only two of those that actually occurred on the turf. Okay, but you know what I have in my pocket, Dave? What you got? ATL on fire trivia. (laughs) (laughs) No. Boom shakalaka. (laughs) Boom shakalaka. That's right, and you might want to. You do know that that's my Achilles heel. Oh, <laughs> see, see, I, we got to stop with the Achilles heel show. Yeah, <laughs> Carmen claims that I jinxed the if team. There is Did I jinx one. the team, Mikey Dobbs? If there's another one, I'm definitely claiming. Oh jinx. God, I take it back. <laughs> because Dave, three players on Atlanta United have ruptured their Achilles thus far in 2022. How many other players in the MLS have suffered uh, have suffered a ruptured Achilles this season? Zero. That is correct. Nailed it. But Anton Tinnerholm for the Philadelphia Union did okay. ru- did rupture his back in October okay. of 2021. So it does happen. It does I, happen. You know, we talked about it, and um, it's not an injury you see very much. Um, I've heard some football players doing it, but I haven't really heard too many soccer players. Yeah, and um, I will say, though, um, after this, uh, we'll have a little more knowledge here. What position in soccer and this is from an, a study on MLS players um, through the years of 2000, or sorry, 1996 and 2016 uh, of 22 players who uh, had Achilles injuries. Um, what position suffers the most Achilles tears? And the, and the positions are forward, midfield, defense, or goalkeeper. On a go with forward. Defense, 50%. 11 of the 22 during that time period were uh, defense. And they actually say defenders. Hold on. It says uh, this may be explained by the constant planter uh, flexion and eccentric uh, contraction required by defenders who are backpedaling. Oh, that's a mouthful. Yeah, the backpedaling. The backpedaling. But the thing is, neither of our players who got injured were backpedaling. No, I guess, were, but Robinson was kind of going back a little bit. 
Guzan was just going forward, well, right? I, I think they would mean over time, right? Oh. Like you're okay. you're flexing that tendon, which on Twitter I mistakenly called a muscle in one of my tweets. You can't edit a tweet, <laughs> which is so frustrating Whoa. when you send something out there in the Twitter sphere at uh, 11 o'clock. And I said muscle memory, and it is in fact not a muscle, it's a tendon. Oh. Uh, but uh, the recovery time uh, might be getting better over time. So. Okay. A Chelsea player, Hudson Adoy, went down mm. in April of 2019, April 22nd, 2019. Okay. How quickly did he return? Well, if you're saying it's getting quicker, I would have said the average time has got to be at least six months. Um, average time is like between nine and 12 months, I think. Oh, wow. Okay. So maybe six months. <laughs> it's roughly that. I think it was five months. Okay. You, you can do the math here. But mm. he uh, returned to the field in September, uh, September 28th, playing 27 min- minutes against Brighton. Uh, and he would be named to Chelsea's starting lineup the following weekend. Wow. Okay. So, so I think that's five months. That still puts, you know, Miles Robinson only on a miracle for the World Cup. Miracle. And, you know, look. To, I don't think it's going to happen. It's not. Because even if he's a miracle, like Greg Berhalter's got to make – uh, decisions by the right. Way. You don't want to take a guy to the World Cup, you know, if he's come back and played zero minutes. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. and then my ATL and fire research got really dicey oh because you guys were pull- <laughs> pulling in the driveway. So I was, uh, oh, was trying, Last to, minute trying, to, trying to figure this out before right. I printed. But this England player missed the 2010 World Cup after suffering an Achilles tear while playing at AC Milan. Missed the 2010 World Cup. England player, 2010, AC Milan. Who in England has played for AC Milan? And it's a bit of a trick question because I'm curious whether he was actually a consideration for the team at that point. I feel like, you know, he's probably outside of the fringe of being. I don't remember anybody English playing for AC Milan during that era. I have no idea. It is David Beckham on loan from LA Galaxy. Uh, okay, well that's so. Then he was thirty-four and he, made. Did made he a full actually recovery. play any games for Milan? I, I guess Maybe. he did. Yeah, okay. because they said he played uh, another three years after that and finished his career at Paris Saint Germain. Okay, which I don't remember. Yeah, I knew, I did know that he went back to Europe. Surprisingly, but what percentage of Achilles tears in the U.S. are from soccer? More or less than 5%. I'm going to go with more. Less. 2%. <laughs> no idea. How do you do there, Carmen? Was that like uh, uh, Awful. Yeah. That was like one out of, one well, out see, of five. One see, out of what, five. what I was trying to do is get our Achilles karma back to, uh, to grounded so it won't happen anymore. I, I did wear my Roy Kent jersey to the game because I was a little bit tired of us losing in my Atlanta United jersey and yeah. booyah people. I wore my undefeated socks. Between those two, I think Mikey Dobbs and I deserve all the credit <laughs> for the win. I took a I took a Twitter poll and ninety five percent of the people said I should wear my undefeated socks. Because I wanted to know like should I save them for like a more meaningful match? No, but we needed a win. We did need a win. <laughs> we did need a win and we got a win. Good so, use of the socks, Mikey Dobbs. Is, is that a good transition into uh the Chicago fire game and uh It's as good as any. My my overall <laughs> opinion of the game was uh, obviously excited for uh, a 
pretty commanding win at the end of the day. Uh-huh. Um, as you and I discussed, I, I felt like Chicago was just a really poor team. Um, they are a poor team. And that made as much of a difference, in my opinion, as us playing well, which the players may have had some good moments, and I thought the players, many of them had good games. But as you and I talked about, the, the system is still flawed, and we'll, we'll get into that. Um, overall, Chicago really did not have a lot of clear-cut chances. Outside of the one they scored, which we're going to go to the highlights and talk about in a minute, the the shots that I, that I looked at um, and when I went back to video were all pretty long-range shots um, from you know probably 20, 25 yards outside the box. Um, where you know Bobby Shuttleworth should have been able to to make a good save. Neither one were on the frame, and so it didn't feel like Chicago ever really was threatening us at all in that game. Um, but you know, there's some things missing still. That one, one, you know, uh, one thing I want to say about Chicago is that for some reason they have had an obsession with Eastern European players. Right, I mean, Shakiri is just the latest version of this. We have all these players coming from Europe. So, whereas um, the rest of MLS has really, really embraced um, South America, Mexican players, young, um, you know, American players, they have continued to import European players. And I think one of the flaws in that strategy is. If you're a good European player and you have a European passport, you have a ton of options of places to play, right? So I feel like they continue to get players who have run out a little bit of options, right? They're not really getting on the upswing. Yeah. And, yeah, there's, you know, I think there's definitely been a shift in that. You know, I think another team that was people are tweeting about is LA Galaxy hasn't really changed their formula from – going after kind of your older superstars right. that, you know, they got Zlatan, which Chicharito, Chicharito Beckham. Beckham, yeah, the list goes on. Right. And Robbie Keane, Robbie Keane. Exactly. But you know, you can't say Zlatan was over the hill. I mean, he was no by far <laughs> the best player in the MLS. So you can't really knock that signing. Yeah. I mean, and Beckham was terrific for them too. Yeah. And Chicharito and Robbie Keane. So yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, okay. I, I would take all of those on my team at any time. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> uh, it's a party at the podcast. Foul. Producer foul. Sorry. Okay. Uh, <laughs> what kind of show are we running around here? My Woo! bad. My bad. I, I always forget to mute my phone, and I'm probably going to have a call here in a minute myself. So I uh, thought that might have been our first caller. I was all I know, excited. I was too. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm such a tease. No. Okay. Uh, no, no, Dave, any other like general thoughts on the game in terms of, um, other than being happy that we got a decisive win? Well, um, I think as you know, we go through the highlights and, and the end, maybe we'll come back to it. Um, I think it's a false dawn, dawn, Mikey Dobbs, because, um, you know, I don't think we really changed much of anything. I think it was more a product of, I mean, we dominated the game. We won four to one. Awesome. Right. But I think that's a little bit more of a product of being at home and playing a lousy Chicago team than it is most of what we've done. I do say that, and I've given credit to Pineda to this all the time. I think the team continues to play better in the system that he has. I think, you know, he continues to tweak and get them to play a little bit better. I just think the system is totally wrong. Yeah. And, and you and I talked about it. We'll get into it. Do you want to just go right into the highlights um, and, and Let's do it. go at it? So, 
Carmen, if we want to jump to uh, the first goal, which was ours, which uh, you know started off as a, a great goal two minutes into the game. Uh, some nice play in the middle here. A quick little triangle. Uh, Arizio slots. Ronaldo bangs it. Goes off the goalkeeper's hands and off the crossbar into the top left corner. Some nice little interchange play there. I felt like uh, the guy that Araujo passes it by here didn't do a great job defending right here on this pass. That's pretty atrocious defending. But Ronaldo Cisneros, uh, great job. Bangs it, puts a lot of power on it. The palm of the keeper is not strong enough. And I think one of the things that we've been talking about is that if we are going to be a successful team and we're going to score goals, um, they need to come more through the middle, through Almada, Araujo, etc. Um, and this is a textbook example. If you give those guys interchange and in free flow, I mean, one of the things about that goal is it came a little bit in transition. We were a little bit more direct in getting those players at the ball a little bit quicker, and so they had a little bit more space. And if you get those guys in front of the defenders with a little bit of space, they're going to sh score goals. They're quality. Yeah. So then, you know, it wasn't too long after that, again, off of a set piece, Dave, uh, if we want to go to the highlights here, coming off of a corner kick, uh, and what minute is this? This is uh, roughly 10 minutes. Ten. Ten, 10 minutes in. Uh, yeah, they take corner. Shakiri takes it, gets ba bounced out to that, you know, almost back to midfield. Pause it right there. Right there. Oops, sorry. Oop. Go back? That's yeah, fine. Can we go back slightly? Because I think. There it and is. we're coming out of the back. Go back a little bit more. So for the people yeah. listening, there's a okay. corner corner kick just taken, yeah, basically right there. Just leave it there. Um, put back out, you know, probably out to what, the 40-yard line? Yeah, so one of the things, again, I want to talk about is that, so in this case, the, the zone works, quote-unquote works, because we win the ball, right? But as you will see in the zone, and, and in fairness, this could happen in a man-to-man -man system too, the moment that ball is, this time it's cleared, a lot of times it's not cleared, it's a secondary ball, there's nobody responsible for anything. So even, you know, most of the time in a man-to-man -man system, you say, all right, the guy's out in front, you got to get out and try to counter. But there's a couple of guys, particularly if the defenders are not going forward, you got to have some accountability and make sure that if we turn the ball right over, that the most dangerous players are marked. And one of the things you'll see about this, because it's zone, you can't do that. Nobody knows who's supposed to go where. And as the, if you play it now, as it coming out of the box, you can see there's nobody knows who to mark anybody. And who's marking our the best player now on their team? Now freeze it again. Who's marking the best player on their team after it gets cycled out? Nobody. And where is he? He's almost in the 18 already by the time he gets it out wide. Yeah. I mean. Shakiri's got it, right? We've talked about this time and time again, right? Um, you can't really quite see this. And Shakiri was, in fairness, the guy who took the corner. So maybe you say a little bit. But um, Lennon, again, is pinched in. And where we froze it just a second ago, he's basically holding hands with the center back. And so when they play it back out to Shakiri out wide, he has... 25 yards, 20 yards to go. And one thing I want you to see on this is watch Gutman and I think it's Abara who are basically have the guy marked up who scores it. Mm -hmm. Really weak. 
I mean, bad defending on their part because they have they have it covered at this point. They have their guy, and they just didn't go to the ball with enough uh, enough conviction. Yep. Period. Now, should Shakiri have this much time to cross the ball? No, but we're in relatively good shape, all things considered. Well, I would say you're in danger. Anytime you have a guy that talented, yeah. that open to pick out a player. Yeah, trouble. It's trouble. <laughs> it's trouble. No, but I, I, it, all things considered, a cross yeah. coming uh, through, we at least have guys back and relatively marking people. And particularly the guy who scores it has two people on him. Get, they both get out-muscled here. It's kind of crazy. Watch it. Let's see it. Punches through. Punches through. So, not a very good uh, way to kind of... And again, it's the same concept when you're trying to defend this if you're a young defender out there. you got to get your body in between where the uh, ball is and where he wants to go, right? you got to... You know, basically, you can't give him a free run. And there he gets in between the two guys. I would argue, you know, maybe they didn't do a good job. But also, maybe they didn't know which one of them was supposed to body him up. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I, I think... Mean, either way, it's either, either way, they've got to they've got to get to that ball first. I agree. I mean, I totally agree. And then, um, I don't know if we want to do all the highlights here, but, you know, in, in the 22nd minute here, Eric Ujo played a beautiful ball... Uh, powered over to uh, Gutman, just kind of line drive across. And, uh, yeah, here it is here. Um, Gutman does a beautiful job of getting his head on it, puts quality uh, contact on it, far post. Keeper makes a great save down into the far post. So, See, he can finish. <laughs> he, can, he can do a job of getting up for a header, but, yeah, that's a little unlucky. A little, yeah, unlucky. A little unlucky there. Great ball by Araujo. Yeah. But one thing you'll notice on that play is Araujo is out not as an inverted winger, and it's on uh, his dangerous left foot, right? And look how perfect that ball yeah. was. <laughs> it's a stunning ball. So uh, let's jump to the second goal, which was in the 26th minute. Um, you know, this is where I think felt like Ibarra had a pretty solid game. Um, this was a great um, kind of defensive um, pressure move that he kind of got up and, and won the ball and, and we cycled it back in. Before you play this, um, this is something I want to show the listeners, right? So this is, I mean, you could show this, you could um, highlight this 16 times um, every half. So our outside backs are going so far forward, so fast that they end up standing in a line. And you can see it right now. So Lennon and Gutman are absolutely at an equal line with it's Cisneros. It's got to be um, presumably um, Almada and probably Araujo. There's a, there's a direct line. It's almost five up front, right? It's, five, it's not just five up front. It's five in a freaking line. Yeah. Right. So when you have five in a line and they're equal with the back four of um, of Chicago, which is what's here. Right. The problem with this, this is a little further up the field, but this happens to us at all stages in the field. Right. Yeah. And the problem with this setup, as I'll talk about maybe even more later, is that if you're trying to play those guys, they have no running start. Right. In fact, you'll see right on this clip. Right. Where is Lennon facing on this yeah. clip? He's facing the ball, right? But he's facing back towards yeah, back, our own goal. Our, and the other thing that I'll point out to your point here, Dave, is Abara makes a great uh, 1v1 move to, to win this ball. Mm -hmm. But it was damn close 
to not happening. <laughs> yeah. And where would the other, like, look how many Chicago fires would have been on the breakaway. Right. So they have one, two, three, four, five in the midfield. We only have three um, because our outside backs are so far up the field. Now our outside backs being up the field mean we have five across the front. They also have five defending across the back. So it's one-on-one. But again, when, when Lennon is facing our own goal, even though he's wide open right at this moment in the clip, so we're about to win possession and try to play, he's absolutely wide open. But if you try to play to him, he has to turn around, face going forward, and then get going from a dead stop. And it's, it's also true of Gutman's facing our own goal too. So both of those players, right, they have to turn and go up the field to try to get behind somebody. And they're just not fast enough to do that, right? The only chance they have to really threaten the outside backs is if they're moving on the run. We play it in the run, and now the, those guys are fast enough to do that. Now... Uh, yeah, to your to your point, if this t- did end up getting picked up, and Ibarra didn't make the tackle, <laughs> imagine if yeah. if you know Lennon and Gutman were actually back a bit. But let's run the tape. How deep Chicago are now. So, so to Atlanta to break them down is try to go up the middle. Gets picked off. Chicago is coming back, but Ibarra does a great job of stepping in. And again, who's is Gutman needed there? No, he's not out wide. And then Ronaldo, who I hope we keep saying Ronaldo. That would be kind you of like fun. You like Ronaldo more than Cisneros? I do. I think I'm going to go with Ronaldo. <laughs> He's Ronaldo. Cisneros, because it's Cisneros. But, uh, yeah, neither, you know, Gutman wasn't needed there to, uh, to be wide. So much rather have him sitting back in case they had actually gotten by a bar there and uh and once again our what we've been saying holds true right when they're running and playing moreno and giving go in those spaces going through the middle is really dangerous so again you know not the prettiest goal but ronaldo was there to pick up the trash good positioning good poaching um haven't seen that from a secondary striker on atlanta united in a long time maybe never um Never. Never. <laughs> you know, I think we're seeing it now. It's one game, but We're yeah. seeing it now from Brandon Vasquez, who plays for a different team now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but he, he, you know, he doesn't play for us anymore, yeah. Mikey Dobbs. He doesn't. But, you know, I think he was still probably the best number two behind uh, Joseph. So, you know, if Joseph comes back in the next couple of weeks, yeah, I don't think, you know, I don't think we're too urgent on needing uh, like a Matthew Hoppy or something like that. But do you think we're positioned for the Matthew Hoppy thing or something different now? I still think so. So first of all, the window closed temporarily and it won't open up again until sometime in the summer. So right, right now you can't sign any players in the MLS. I think, I don't think we've got enough tame or gam or spam to, <laughs> to do it anyway. Well, that's your territory. We don't know about those things, but we did get some either Tam or gam for uh selling mall Rainey. Yeah. Right. So there's some only a hundred for this year though. So it's two hundred in GAM over There's deferred Tam and GAM. I guess. (laughs) Over the next like two, three years next two years is two. I can't wait. It's like Christmas morning. Give us the Tam and GAM. Two hundred K in GAM and seventy five K in bonuses. Darn you, Mikey Dawes withholding the Tam and GAM. I don't even know what that means. Do you think like (laughs) the this whole math that is it really matter? Because it is just money, right? But 
it helps the league stay if MLS headquarters, God forbid, has a fire or something, then then that spreadsheet goes Ooh. down. Then that's Look out. it. <laughs> Nobody will ever know. How maybe, maybe that's, it's all maybe that's their money. play. Maybe Don Garber, that's in his master plan. Like when it reaches a certain point where we can rip the Band-Aid, no more designated <laughs> players. This league's ready to go. We got 35 teams. Whoo. Can we hear a boom shakalaka? and relegation or something. Boom shakalaka! <laughs> Good call, Kat. Yeah. Right. And now we <laughs> are on to... Feeling it. Uh, why don't we jump to, uh, you know, this next kind of almost goal from uh, Lennon. Uh, I think there's a, you know, out wide to Lennon. He gets a nice cross in. Uh, a pretty, pretty close chance for us to score another goal here. I think it's Ronaldo yet again who at least puts it on frame, makes the keeper do something um, on this play here. So it gets played really nicely out to Lennon. Lennon actually puts in a really nice cross. Keeper has to make a save on it. Kind of bounces to Cicernos, uh, and keeper has to, you know, get a palm on it. But, you know, once again, we've had so many times where Lennon is in that spot, and he delivers a quality cross almost every time and we haven't scored. Um, we really just haven't scored. Now maybe it'll start happening, but um, maybe Ronaldo will start to, f to, 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 to feel that and to, to get the timing with Gutman and Lennon. But um, up until now that is open as he was and as fine a delivery as he gives, that has not led to goals. Yeah. Um, we don't have to go to the next highlight. I think we can just talk about it. Um, it was a really nice cross, uh, I think, from a set piece where Alex Dijon gets a really solid header on it. Um, should have put it on frame and didn't. Um, but then not too long after that, in the 36th minute, we get our third goal from uh, Ronaldo, which I think was his best. Um, and okay. boy, this was not going out wide to the flanks, Dave. This was <laughs> about as direct of a goal as you will see, um, starting from the back with Bobby Shuttleworth, who does a nice job of playing it to Abara's feet. Abara looks up, Dave, and makes a very good pass, but also a very dangerous pass <laughs> if he doesn't get it right. Okay, uh, could have been disastrous if he got the pass wrong. But, boy, beautiful pass straight up the gut to midfield to Almada, who, of course, does what he does. He turns it and slots uh, our striker, Ronaldo, right up the gut to the top of the 18, and he puts it on the goalkeeper with a little bit of pause. It goes out right. So this is it. This is what we've been asking for, direct verticality. The only thing is, and you point out if it gets intercepted, right, yeah, but look at this. Look at this little slowdown. It goes out, and then that's not as easy as it looks. You can look real silly doing that's that. That's class, right? Because most, most players would have shot it and yeah. given the goalkeeper a chance. He didn't give him a chance. Because, you know, that's a tough position to be in also, Dave, as a striker. He didn't have an angle on the goal. He's right, like, in the center, you know? And mm. sometimes that's really difficult as a striker because you don't have a perfect angle. Goalkeeper's out pretty far, so you do have to make some sort of move like that. Uh, which often you see in these highlights get nabbed up by the keeper or they're too slow on that and, and it ends up, you know, 
But you know, you love to, you love to see them playing vertical. You love to see that outlet pass. It's brilliant, and you can afford to do that if you're Atlanta United. You'd think because every once in a while that's going to get picked off. But we have, or well, we had, <laughs> the center backs to deal with it. Um, but again, in that clip, you'll, you'll you'll notice that we don't have the center backs to deal with it. Gutman's already you know forty yeah. yards up the field. So if that ball gets intercepted, we're in. Deep trouble. And there's no reason. So Gutman on that play ran the entire thing. He ends up in the six-yard box as Ronaldo is scoring. What did he do that for? Nothing. Yeah. But, man, that was a beautiful long pass by Ibarra. Oh, it's just dream. And, and, you know, like this shows, like, just how Amada can be that transition kind of pivot person in the center. Because as soon as he gets it, what's he doing? He's not trying to do the Miggy go a million miles an hour. He looks up and just puts the perfect touch on the ball. Um, and, you know, whether that's Ronaldo or Joseph, I think we're going to score a lot of goals if we can do more of that. So I'm thinking, I mean, Abara has so stepped up his game that when Sosa comes back, how do you feel about playing those two together and letting everybody else go in front of them? Well, look, if that if that works or as opposed to Josetu, for example, I don't know, man, I like Josetu, too. I feel like he's coming into his own as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, one thing we had said before that is maybe Josetu is a little better attacking player. And then on the road, you play a bar with a slightly more defensive um, yeah. slant to it. Um, and you could do that to bear it. Um, and as sad as we are about Miles Robinson, oh, man, I'm just feeling for him for like the World Cup. Just missing that. Like, that has to be eating at him and uh, wishing him the best. Hopefully, he can pull the miracle off and at least be playing with Atlanta United a couple games as we head into the playoffs. So, let's cross our fingers for that. Um, but uh, what do you think? So, is it What true? do you think we're going to do in the back line with him out? What, what's your, what's your well, back for? George forward? Campbell. Yeah, um, I think so, too. Yeah. I mean, Dijon, you know, played pretty well. And, and Campbell right now has a groin injury, supposedly. Yeah. <laughs> So I was surprised. We didn't really hear about that very much. Although I did see him the previous game, towards the end of the game, you could clearly see he was favoring it. Yeah. And those groins do take, when you tweak them even, even if you don't pull it necessarily, but if you tweak it, it takes a while to come back. So I'm going to guess you still got another, at least a couple of games before Campbell is even available. So you have Alex Dijon as a possibility. Um or the other possibility is Ronald Hernandez in the center back, which I think he could probably do. Agreed. Yeah. So we've got options. Um, we can't afford uh, another big injury. So no more dad jokes. Okay. Done. <laughs> um, done. <laughs> so uh, I think it's in the second half. If we jump to uh, Almada, who's driving right up the center yet again. So I think this is another good example of just the class that Almada has. Boy, he didn't miss by much. He he just nukes a ball and just misses the top right corner from the top of the 18. And you watch that in slow motion, and it's really pretty close to the upper 90. It, it, at first, I thought he floated it way too high, but it's it's pretty darn close. Yeah, I mean, one of the things, you know, Atlanta United getting out in the run in space, this is... They're a much, much better team when they do that. So, obviously, Pineda's been working hard and trying to get them to speed it up. I mean, he's talked in, in the press in the post-game press conferences about, you know, limiting the dribbling and trying to get it a little bit more vertical and quick out of the back. So, that's obviously working. Yeah. 
Uh, and then, you know, we don't have to go to the highlights, but in this, the 74th minute and the 84th minute, uh, you know, th- there was two more slight chances from uh, from Chicago. Uh, Muller, who's the young kid that used to play for Orlando, dribbles into the box, uh, fakes like he got a foul, dives, and actually gets a yellow card. Okay. And then uh, there's another chance for a header, and Shuttleworth pretty easily saves it. It was, you know, going into the bottom corner, but gets down and, and gets to it. And then we get our fourth goal with Brooks Lennon, uh, I think, towards like the, I think it's like the 90th minute. And we can yeah, take, take, take a look, take at, a that. look at that. Um, Low delivery forces narrows, yeah, cleans it up. And I can't remember the build up to that one. Um, I think they'll probably show it on the replay. Yeah. But yeah, you know, was there to finish it. So play out wide, Brooks Lennon overlapping, but it was actually. Oh yeah, uh, Ronaldo kind of gets in there to challenge it. Chicago does a terrible job of clearing it, but that's where the big body of Ronaldo is able to uh, create a little confusion. So who was the one who crossed it? It was oh Heinemann. Emerson Hyman. Yeah. Um, so again, but it's it's through the middle, right? I mean, one thing you'll say about all four goals through the middle, right? Yeah. You know, right? So this is what we've been talking about. If we're going to be a quality team, it needs to be Moreno, Araujo, Almada through the middle. That's where our talent is. And, you know, lo and behold, if you get the balls to those guys quickly, as we said, I mean, I think the exact words we said in the previous podcast, you get it out to those guys quickly in front of the back four and they'll score. And yeah, wouldn't we like to see Gutman and Lennon sit back more? Right. So, uh, so you know, so hold on. What did I start in the game? Suck him in, and then <laughs> and then go forward. Yes. Um, when you, we play, I think su- your reference is you don't no suck, which is why we suck. <laughs> so they're not sucking them in and going forward, right? I think that your your quote is about basically how they're just bombing forward too early, and then because they're not sucking anybody out, there's no space to go into. And I'm yeah. going to talk about that now. Yeah, I do. If, if if we're okay with it, so as ha- yeah, as you and I talked about during the game happy with the result but there's some things that are worrisome about the system even to your point Pineda is getting them to play the system better but mm-hmm. you know uh go ahead i won't uh won't step on your toes yeah i think people might easily say about this game that we've turned the corner and now we're doing whatever and i think there's still a flaw in the system right so <laughs> uh, take us back a little bit through the history of formations in soccer, right? So, um, you know, once upon a time, you know, basically in early days of soccer, of modern soccer, right? You know, we're talking about 70s and whatever. Um, everybody played with three forwards, right? Everybody did. It was three forwards on the front line, right? And lo and behold, what somebody or teams realized over time is they dropped one of the forwards and played with only two forwards. And the classic formation that we all grew up with was 4-4-2, right? And the reason for that was not because people didn't want to score goals, right? The reason for that is when you played only two up front and you moved a guy back, then there was more of a dynamic. You had a place to run into. You had nobody knows exactly who's coming. You don't have an offside trap to worry about. And, you know, sure enough, the evolution of it went quickly from a 4-4-2 to a 4-5-1. Now there's only one player up front, so it's even more confusing and dynamic, right? So 
the history of soccer is playing with less forwards so you can have more players dynamically going forward, right? right? That's what the formations were doing, okay? Eventually, you got to the point where not only you only had one forward forward, but you had outside backs bombing down the sides, right? So now you have, you don't know who's coming from the midfield, and you have the two outside guys bombing forward, right? So now it's even more dynamic, okay? And this is sort of where we lead off in the modern era. So all of these coaches say, look, this is what I want, right? We're going to play only one forward. We're going to have four, five, one, and we're going to have those guys bombing up the sides. The problem is, okay, the way we're playing it, those guys bomb so far up the front, and I want to go back to that moment where I showed you on the clip. We end up with five guys standing right across. Gutman, is that dynamic? Gutman, Moreno, Ronaldo, Araujo, and... Uh, Lennon pretty much all within a 10-yard kind of width as a straight line all the way across straight the field. Straight line straight across the field, right? And so I think what, what, what Pineda, you know, I don't want to put words in his mouth, but what he might argue is those guys are sucking out the, de- the defenders um, and opening it up. But A, it's not really happening because they're not going all the way out there. I think they yeah. should be further out there. But anyway, the, they're not really getting sucked out that much. But the problem I have... A guy like Bello maybe is fast enough, quick enough, where if you put him down the wing from that position, he can go from a complete stop to beating the guy for pace. Right. Gutman can't do it. No. Lennon can't no. do it. The only way they're ever going to put pressure on those outside backs is if they're running into it. Okay? So it doesn't help them. In fact, it's worsening them, right? Because they're standing up there, right? And there's no dynamic anymore. They can't get behind those guys as much because they're standing there, right? And they just don't have the pace to just turn from a standing and go to there. So if they drop, right? When Some people might say, well, why are you so against the outside backs going forward? I'm not against the outside guys going forward. In fact, I think the outside guys should bomb forward, but they need to take their moments, Right. So in those moments that we saw, like Brooks Lennon was wide open on that one and he got a cross off. If he had been 20 yards further back and was moving slowly towards it, if we turn off the ball, he's fine. He's already back. Right. And if we if we break into space, now he commits. Right. And he's running at it and really making it dangerous. And on top of that, it's only one of the two. So if he commits, (laughs) he's on fire. If he commits, then Gutman is back. No, and it's it's a double insurance policy, right? Because now you're hedging a little bit towards having the 10 yards to get back to defend. Right. If it doesn't go well, and if you're slowly moving forward, it's like kind of you pull up to a, you know, uh, the light, you know, and you you you, you don't quite go all the way up to the line. That's called timing the light. Timing the light. And that's illegal. <laughs> but is it? Yeah. Is it really, Dave? Yeah, I think it is. That's. Has anyone ever gotten a ticket for that? I don't know. That's a, that would but, be real. But that's a perfect ass- thing. If you want to get ahead, right? So if you know that in the next intersection you have to make a left turn and you're in the right hand lane, you time the light instead of going yeah. all the way up to the light line. You slow down yeah. a little bit, and so as soon as it turns green, you go forward. That's exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. So you're taking that moment, seeing it, and then attacking the space. That's not against the law, Dave. That's just called good <laughs> common sense. Well, in, in football in particular, it's called good common sense yeah. because you have killed the dynamic of Gutman and Lennon by having them all be in a freaking line. Because once you're in a line with their back four, if you take off early, you're off sides. 
right? If you're up there and we don't play it to you immediately, then you have to come back towards our own goal. And even if none of those things happen, you don't run off sides, you don't have to come back to your goal, you still have to go from a dead standing stop to getting behind him. No outside back is going to be worried about Lennon or Gutman from a dead standing back. They're going to be like, I can get there. Yeah. That is Dave Katz on fire. <laughs> and Can I press him again? <laughs> sure. He's heating up. He's on fire. And Dave... That is Atlanta versus Chicago Fire, but uh, so we, it's it's trendy, right? All the coaches are doing it, right? And it's trendy, but you have to look at the system, right? And you have to say, do we have the players that that makes sense? And as we've talked about over the last few weeks, you end up a lot with the guys who are open are Gutman and Lennon, but they're not really threatening to go around p- the backside because they're not pacey enough. They're not timing it. And it's not really the guys you want on the ball. You'd much rather, as this game illustrates, you'd much rather have Moreno, Amato, Ararujo on the ball. They're the ones who get the killer passes that R- R- we score. Certainly Ronaldo. Ronaldo yeah. Which uh, I did say in the last couple of podcasts, he's got good movement. He's got some upside. And I don't think he's going to be scoring hat tricks uh, every uh, 45 minutes in the first half which that's pretty stunning too. You know, the kid's, what, 21 years old, gets a hat trick in the first 45 minutes of the game. Do you know, here's, here's reverse trivia for you. Hit me. <laughs> <laughs> what, what was the only other season that Atlanta United players scored a hat trick? Ooh. Well, I thought Joseph Martinez has had a couple hat tricks. I think it's only in one season. Is that true? I thought maybe I maybe I misread, but that's I, what I thought I saw. Carmen's gonna have to look this up for this after, <laughs> after this. But uh, I think Joseph Martinez has had like four or five hat tricks. What I read, I thought, was that the only season that Atlanta United had a hat trick um, was the title winning season, two thousand eighteen. Okay, that would have been my guess. By the way, um, either that want to win the title, but there might be some caveat to that. There's always some caveat. I would have like, wavered. Somebody between- got a hat trick, but it's not. You know, whatever. I, I would have wavered between 2017 and 18, but it just felt like, I mean, he had so many goals in that 2008. It was a 35, 36, all yeah. competitions. Yeah, it was a uh, lot. So, uh, you know. Huge yeah. haul. He, I think he had a couple hat tricks that season, Dave. I think he might be, might be. you need to check your facts here, and but Carmen's going to do it for us. I didn't say he didn't have multiple hat tricks, but the only other season that we the team had a hat trick, I, what I thought was 2018 when we won the title. Okay. So he might have had multiple hat tricks in that season, I think. Okay, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Okay, maybe that, yeah, maybe that is true because he did have a ridiculous amount of goals. So if he had one March two thousand seventeen, does that, that count? Count is that in that season? Yeah, or? I think that's in the season because that okay. finished in. Is that true? No, 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 because that would still be two thousand seventeen. The season, right. that season finishes so he, in the fall. So what she's saying okay. is before two thousand, before two thousand eighteen, right. which I'm full of it. <laughs> I read well, that. Moreover, I think what, I saw it on Moreover, what you're saying is he didn't have a no. hat trick after the championship year. Maybe I think Maybe. that's what you're saying. You're saying something on Twitter is not true. Never, never, always true. Oh, I just wish I could edit what I put on Twitter. Now that Elon Musk is in charge, nobody cares about the truth at all. Uh, Okay, don't even start me, Dave. (laughs) Don't even start me. Elon's going to set it straight on Twitter. Uh, All right. Um, 
Can we talk about the NWSL yeah. Challenge Cup? Hit it. So, first of all, congratulations to the NWSL. It's 10 seasons, right, which the women's leagues have not. I mean, the early men's leagues, God bless them, were, were terrible and folded quickly, too. Yeah. Um, the early women's league, terrible and folded early. Um, the NWSL has survived, and in fact, this year for the first time has expanded. So, there's two new franchises. Do you know who they are? I do not. Okay, we got San Diego and L.A. Okay. Yeah. So nice. the California Sunshine State. That's right. Um, and so any, so yeah. what? what is the Super League? Am I getting that correct? I don't know what the Super League is, but this is the Challenge Cup. Okay. So during the COVID-19 year, they didn't have a full season. Instead, they put all the players in a bubble and they had a short tournament. Yeah. And that's all they had, right? Um, that was called the Challenge Cup. They decided to keep the Challenge Cup and have it as an early preseason tournament, which is actually interesting. It's a little bit vaguely reminiscent of the Mexican League where they have that middle-of-the-season tournament. Right? Yeah. Um, anyway, so um, the North Carolina Courage, which is our team, of course, the local team, because, you know, Arthur has yet to buy an Atlanta team. Why do, why do you think that is? Why isn't he-, he has said that he wants one, but I don't know what yeah. he's waiting for. Yeah. I don't, I don't we know. certainly have the market for it, right. Uncle Arthur. If you're listening, we, we would like a women's team as well. Yeah, I'm kind of surprised that that hasn't happened. What was the, uh, uh, what was the team that we had here for a while? Um, Carmen, come on. Oh, oh gosh. I should know this because Sydney LaRue was drafted and it folded. I know. I had friends that work for the team. We're dropping, no the, we're dropping the ball here. Sorry, listeners. Oh, looking it up now. So now you get someone up from Atlanta. But anyway, um, so they've continued the Challenge Cup. The Courage, who looked like they just fell apart last year, right, when they're after the dreaded coaching change, um, just totally fell apart. And, um, you know, they look like they sold in the offseason their two best players, right? They sold Mewis and they sold uh, Lynn Williams, Right, both went to Kansas City. Um, anyway, so we don't have any good players, and so we were expected to be shambolic. Well, lo and behold, we're undefeated in the Challenge Cup, and we get to the final playing against uh, Chicago. Chicago, yeah, yeah, Chicago, yeah, the Red Stars, and um, highly they have a terrific forward line led by um, Rodman. Um, and Hatch and um, um, forgetting the other one's name. But anyway, they have the front three. It was terrific. And um, lo and behold, Courage prevailed two to one. I want to note in that game, the new Brazilian player for the end of, for the Courage, uh, Carolyn, gets a beautiful ball through, comes running in on goal, and the center back for Chicago comes Two-footed, goes right through her shin, Mikey Dobbs. Yeah, I heard you. And her whole leg buckled. I really thought her leg was broken. Referee? No call. Play on. No call. Zero call. It was yeah. What? I, I was busy at work when that text came through, so I haven't seen the highlight. I'm going to have to watch it. We're, we're going to have to watch it. It was the worst challenge I have ever seen. And, it, and actually, that highlights, they don't ever show the reverse angle, which is even worse. Yeah. Um. Fortunately, the courage on the ensuing corner kick scores. So maybe yeah. you know there's a little karma in the world. But was it as bad as the uh, Leeds tackle from uh, the the right back? Uh, that was weekend? pretty bad. I think this might have been worse. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it was 
awful yeah. straight Cause, through. Because the Leeds tackle, and that's one of my favorite players for Leeds too. He's just a workhorse and mm-hmm. a great player, but totally came in frustrated, reckless, and just studs up on that guy. And it, you know, if things had gone a millimeter the wrong direction, that's somebody's broken leg there. So definitely the right call in that Leeds game to. Uh, throw the red card but they had to go to var to do it so it just shows like same as the the courage game you know some of those some of those calls are difficult for the ref to make uh but when your studs up like that i don't know that that was that well they don't have var and you know equality people right how does the nwsl not have var thank you i mean come on yeah Right, I mean, if oh, it's the if same we're going to have the same game, let's have the same rules and VAR. Yeah, well, it's people. the same thing we were talking about during the World Cup qualifiers, like Costa Rica and El Salvador, who you know, whoever it is. That can't. The excuse for that was that we were somewhere in these crazy stadiums that couldn't do the technology. I don't believe that either. Boom. But we're still we're in America in the end of USL, right? I mean, in the finals of the Challenge yeah. Cup. That's like, I mean, how much does a GoPro cost? Is all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> <You know? laughs> So, uh, Mike Dobbs, Atlanta yes. beat. Oh, that's yeah, right. Atlanta, Atlanta beat. Yes. Okay, there the beat go. goes on. There it yeah. is. <laughs> I like it. Um, yeah, I went to many beat games. We had some friends that worked for them. and Okay. Um, yeah, but they folded. I'm trying to remember. It's probably, wow, it's got to be like 10, 15 years ago now that the beat folded. Yeah, it was about, I think it was like 2012, something yeah. like that. Yeah. Time flies. Mm-hmm. But it's time for another team to come back, I think. Yeah, so Courage are champions of the Challenge Cup, believe it or not. And, um, yeah, that was fantastic. I mean, it was a good good show. I thought, um, you know, the game was terrific. Um, The Courage was terrific. uh, We're terrific. And, um, yeah, I'm glad to see is on CBS, national televised audience. Um, You know, it's really nice to see the women – um, getting the recognition that they really deserve. Obviously, the U.S. women are terrific. So speaking of broadcasting games, okay. um, we are in the Open Cup, right? It's the Hunt op- Open Cup. Yeah, Lamar Hunt. I um, know him. It's on ESPN, I believe, tomorrow evening. I don't know what the start time is. Maybe Karma can help us with that. Yep. But we play up in Nashville tomorrow. Right. It is our second game in the Lamar... Uh, Hunt Open Cup. Right. Um, what uh, What do you think about that? I think that the broadcast is national, so I don't think it's going to be blacked out. <laughs> but if not, I got my VPN. I got to plug my computer <laughs> in and do all that. Hopefully the rest of it. There's Atlanta, nothing that can stop Mikey I, I thought I read something that uh, Bally Sports was going to allow this to be uh, broadcast uh, without the blackout. When the know. police come for you, Mikey Dobbs, don't worry. I'll tell them I, I you didn't do anything. I know. I was like, I'm just coasting <laughs> up. I'm just coasting up to the red light to wait for it to go green. <laughs> Timing the light, Mikey Dobbs. Yeah, so we're playing Nashville in their new stadium. Do you have a, a uh, prediction? I have a prediction that we are going to win 3-1. to one. I have a prediction we're going to lose 2-1. to one. I mean, Nashville is quality. They're playing in the brand new stadium. The fans are fired up. They're terrific defensively. You think that we're ready to go on the road and beat Nashville in Nashville? Only because of this, Dave. We've we we just haven't been playing well lately. And sometimes you gotta sometimes you gotta ride the wave a little bit, right? So okay. like. The, what you're I like the logic. We haven't been playing well lately, so we're going to go on the road and win. 
Well, <laughs> at some at some point the turn uh, the worm turns or whatever the saying okay. is. Yep. Uh, I got that wrong. But my your logic is spot on, right? Okay. Like they're at home, they're going to be fired up, they're the better team uh in, in the table, right? So it's pretty equal, but keep in mind, so they've only they're in like 5th or 6th place in the West, but they've played all 9, 10 games or whatever they've played on the road cuz their stadium yeah. wasn't ready yet. So to, for them to be in fifth or sixth place, having played not a single home game, they yeah. just played their first home game on the weekend. No, they played two home games so far. They tied against Philadelphia, um, and they beat, I think, Kansas City. So yeah. um, they're undefeated at home. But on the road prior to that, they were basically 500, which is good in MLS. I just feel like Atlanta, like I feel like the locker room might be coming together. They do not have who, – who do they not have, Nashville? They do not have Araujo. They do not have Almada. Yeah. They do not have Moreno. They do not have the new Ronaldo. Well, here's the here's the other aspect of it. So uh, people, uh. I know, <laughs> people were talking about you know Nashville. Some people said, I heard some predictions on the interwebs that you know they might rest a bunch of players. What do you think? Do, if you are Pineda. Do you go in with the top squad or not? Yeah, you go in with your top squad. I kind of agree with you. I mean, in MLS, there's not, you know, a tremendous number of opportunities. We don't have the Caribou Cup, yeah. Mikey Dobbs, like they do in we, England. We, that That's the, you know, let's get one more chance to win a trophy yeah. trophy. And, and, and a, good, a good transition, right? We didn't make the CCL this year, right? And the first team, MLS uh, ATL and Fire Trivia was who to win the CONCACAF Champions Well, yeah, that's in the new format because we have had MLS teams win the CONCACAF Champions League before. DC United won it years and years ago when it was in its old crazy Fake, fake news. That's fake <laughs> but news. in stop the new it. format. Stop it. Everyone recognizes <laughs> Stop it. Will you stop it? This is like, do you want to talk about Dom Dwyer scoring? Okay. Because that no. was against Chattanooga. No. It doesn't count. No, I don't. Okay, fair. It doesn't I, count. I, I'm sorry. I apologize. Stop talking. Okay. So Seattle won the first <laughs> CONCACAF Champions League game. Yes, Dave. they did. Thank you. Thank you. He's, up. <laughs> He's on fire. Damn straight. Yeah, I mean, it's super impressive, right? I mean, they go against Pumas from Mexico to beat them over two legs. Yeah. On a Wednesday night in Seattle, it was sold out, 67,000. I mean, what a, you know, again, what a show for MLS, right? Because... Um, people have marveled at the crowds at Mercedes-Benz, Atlanta United, okay. Seattle was the reigning crowd king, you know, until we came in, you know, the new upstart uppity yeah. kids and broke all their records. But again, on a Wednesday night for a U.S. Open Cup game, I mean, I'll tell you, I went to a Metro Stars U.S. Open Cup game, which was played on Long Island. Yeah. You know how many people were there, Mikey Dobbs? Not so many. I would guess there might have been over a hundred. Yeah, <laughs> there were sixty-seven thousand there. Yeah. Do you know how many? I think it was something like a hundred and twenty thousand or something like that between Nashville, Charlotte, and Atlanta this weekend that showed up for mm -hmm. games. That's just the southeast. I mean, that's pretty wild. I mean, it was a, when I went showing to up for soccer day. Uh, yeah. When I went to see the Metro Stars play in the U.S. Open Cup, Donna Doni was playing for the team, which was amazing. Uh, the 
Italian midfielder, amazing guy. Um, but if you had told me then that anybody ever would have 67000 for a U.S. Open Cup game on a Wednesday night in any part of America, I would yeah. have said, you are freaking kidding yourself. Yeah. I'm telling you, man, soccer's going to turn here. I, it's, it's wild. Like you, I watch... I, I find myself watching MLS games in the middle of the week too. Yeah. So I also feel like yeah. the broadcasting is figuring it out. Cause I, I'm kind of bored in the middle of the week and I'm clicking through and there's not much on. And I'm like, all of a sudden I'll find myself watching an LAFC game or an LA galaxy game. Or uh, I watched part of the Montreal game the other day. I mean, it's the quality of the soccer is getting much better. Yeah. And I don't know about that. But <laughs> <laughs> I can't. I can't. It is. It is. But it's slowly getting there. But, man, after you watch, yeah, after you've been watching uh, EPL highlights and then you go there, you're like, oh, man. But <laughs> at the same time, you know, I am, I am finding myself willing to tune in. So if I'm part of that group who are, I'm sure, the early adopters of tuning into a team that's not yours in the MLS – that hopefully that's going on in in yeah. other, other markets where you know somebody from from the the, the west coast is watching an Atlanta United yeah. game because there's nothing else going on yeah. tomorrow night on a Wednesday and they might watch the Nashville Open Cup game on ESPN. That is a big deal for U.S. soccer. Yeah, fair. I think it's a really big deal, um, and uh, you know I think it's a it's a credit to the league. I mean, when it first started, people were like, "Oh, is it even going to survive a year or two? And yeah. here we are. You know, a ton of teams later, new stadiums, yeah. the whole deal. There's a really cool uh, YouTube video out there, and maybe I'll link it on the Twitter. It kind of shows the timeline since 1996 when the league start, and it shows on a U.S. map all of the different teams that have entered mm. uh, MLS cool. and, and the ones that have disappeared. Yeah, as, all the Florida as, teams uh, originally disappeared, <laughs> right. right? There was Fort Lauderdale, Miami, and... Um, what was the third original Florida team? It wasn't Orlando, was it? Anyway, there were three teams originally um, in the MLS from Florida. They all folded, yeah, and now they've come back. Now you have Orlando, Miami. We're finally back to yeah. two, but um, we went from three to zero. But the map was interesting because it clearly showed they did have at least some a lot of thought put behind the geography, particularly in recent years mm -hmm. with the expansion, and you can see it is going to potentially have some rivalry stuff. I'm happening. telling you, St. Louis is going to be big. I mean, the poor folks of St. Louis, right? You know, they've lost football twice, right? And yeah. they are just, it's a big soccer town and they're hankering for something. I think yeah. the St. Louis um, is going to be big. Yeah. And that's the next, the next franchise. Um, so what else is happening in the world of football? Uh, let's go. Well, we didn't talk about my shirt. Oh, so you're you're bringing up the new coach of Man United, Man United, who just got whomped by. <laughs> we got whomped with the old coach. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> thankfully, yeah. the soon-to-be departed so, coach, yeah, the he now general manager Ralph he, Rangnick. He was only on the phone with Ralph, so. <laughs> <laughs> no, we got Ten Hag, who yeah. is cruising to the Dutch champion with. Ajax. I love my, love and, my and, Ajax. Yeah. And you might be like, okay, well, why, Dave, do you have an Ajax jersey? Do you know I spent my formative years in Holland? I did not when I was this. two and three years old. My parents lived in just outside of Amsterdam for a year. I so it's my that. team. Yeah. And so, you know, Dave, there's a saying in Holland, uh -oh. which I'm, I'm going to totally right botch. <laughs> okay. I'm going to totally botch, which, so... 
this is going to be jibber jabber for those of you speech speak Dutch, but my my college roommate is Dutch. Okay, and uh, we would probably stay up too late having TJ w- TJ having wine like this, but it's sachunsafent uh, something like that, which means if you're going to be a man at night. Be a man in the morning. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So if you ever, if you ever, you know, decide to stay up too late drinking red okay. red wine, that never happens, does it? Get up early and face the day. I love that saying. Here on the podcast, that never happens. Yeah. No. Never. <laughs> okay. Maybe it happens sometimes. <laughs> and then uh, our top of the table EPL team, Man City. Just adds more fuel to the fire by Good signing God. the hottest striker in all of European uh, football, Erling Holland, for only 75 million euros, the same as roughly Christian Pulisic. Yeah, but that's a release clause, so that's not a straight transfer fee. Oh, so okay. because he has a release clause in his contract, Erling Holland, so anybody could have gotten him for that. Yeah, Carmen, who's your EPL team? Do you have one? Manchester United. Okay. Yeah. I'm, yeah, just part of the... You knew you liked her for a reason. <laughs> right. well, look, I, I never disliked Man United, and I, I kind of was fond of them in hindsight just because I grew up during the class of 92 watching them. Yeah, and me a, too. And appreciating kind of like Liverpool and Man City right now. It's it's hard not to appreciate Great. Wa- watching the best players in the world play, right? so Those teams are spectacular. They're so good. It's just... Like, and that's why I tune in. Like, I mean, that's why I like EPL. It's not because, I mean, I'm a Wolves fan because I like the underdogs and the, you know, they hosted us when we were in college team in 1999 or 96. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, it was just, you know, it, it's easy to pick an underdog, but man, you got to appreciate great players when they're just, when, when teams can pick things up by one second, it just makes everybody else look like they're in slow motion. Yeah, I mean, we've talked a little bit over the years of some great teams, the original um, AC Milan teams, uh, obviously the more recent Barcelona teams with Messi and Xavi and Iniesta in the midfield. Um, And I have to say the Liverpool and Man City teams recently, it's now, what, three out of five years? It's been, oh, well, actually, it was going to be three out of five years, but Real Madrid (laughs) spoiled the party with their amazing comeback. It was going to be three out of five years. It was two England teams in the Champions League final, um, which, to be honest, is not good for football. You never want to have two teams from the same league in the Champions League final. It's not really the same. So it's great Real Madrid gets through, but um, you got to figure Liverpool's going to win that final. And and Liverpool and Man City have been spectacular teams over the last few years. Yeah, now the only team that can spoil Man City's future here is uh, Wolverhampton. Yes, Wolverhampton. Because they'd have to, they'd have to get a win almost to create any sort of hope for Liverpool. And you know who's going to do it? My Wolves. Okay, I'm telling you. But that if they do it, I'm that's, calling it now on the podcast. That'll be it because with Erling Holland, Pep Guardiola, and the team they have behind him, does anybody going to bet against Man City next year? No. No. No, no way. I mean, Erling Holland has scored a goal a game since his debut in the Bundesliga. At 18 years old, he scored a goal in the game in the Champions League at 18 years old. If you compare him to the early Cristiano Ronaldo stats, he's way ahead. 
I mean, he's going to have so <sighs> many chances from yes. great players around him. They're yes. Gonna, gonna, hey, hey, Erling, here you go. Tap it in again. <laughs> and, 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 and by the way, if they're paying too much attention to him, well, that's a real problem too. So it's just, uh, you know, I don't know what the rules are. Fi- it's unfair. Financial fair play. like Something. Can we think of something? It's financially <laughs> fair. It's just footballing unfair. Because as you said, they only got him for seventy-five million, so that's fun. That's chump change these days. I, I know, but which is crazy. And Manchester United blew it because they Chris, were like, "Oh, let's go for Cristiano Ronaldo." Cristiano Ronaldo was going to Man City, which would have done. We two talked things. about that on the podcast. Would have a two years slowed ago. them down, and B would have blocked Erling Holland from yeah. going, and they blew it. We were like, "Why not just get the kid now?" Now, in fairness to Manchester United. They did it out of the glory of United, the blood, like our loyalty. How do they look now? Oh, it was a terrible decision. I mean, absolutely <laughs> terrible decision. <laughs> okay. And then, you know, Paul Pogba's contract's coming to an end. Right. Where does that guy go? There's even talks of him going to Man City. Yeah, but he has said uh, more recently that he wants to leave England again, but... We'll yeah, and, but, but God what, forbid he goes there because he's, he's only, been a travesty at Man United, and you know under Pep Guardiola he's just going to be amazing again. Um, exactly, I think that's why he's going to do it. He's going to spite. He's going to be the first Man United. If I were to, him, I would do it. <laughs> why wouldn't you do it? Because he's going to. Yeah, he's 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 a player that. Um, Gets a lot of stick because they're like, oh, he's not working hard enough or whatever. But right. when you watch him play in France, he's not the player that's going to work hard enough. He he works between yeah. this space and this space in a very relaxed, yeah. uh, talented, magic talented way. Ma- yeah. Magic, right? You're not if you're expecting him to be a Mo Salah chasing the ball down and creating pressure. That's not the pl- type of player that he is. No, Paul Pogba with players running around him is danger because he's so physical on the ball he can't be dispossessed and and you know that really changes things so so who's your prediction for the uh champions league winner real or liverpool liverpool okay you said that earlier but yeah um and i think liver because liverpool wins um they don't win the league title man city wins the title um i think they're very equal teams and no neither team was going to win both so as soon as one won the other the other one was going to focus on the league a little bit more and win fa cup winner um i could see liverpool winning that too who is it who are they playing against i don't i can't remember all of a sudden it's another top top team right yeah, what I say is it? I don't know. I'm blanking. Is it Chelsea that got through? I'm not sure. I think it might be Chelsea. Chelsea. Yes, yeah. okay. it is Chelsea. So, I think I, I think Chelsea's going to win that game. That's going to be my prediction. No way. Tushel's done his usual thing where he he boosted everything and then he over tinkered and he got the tactics a little bit overthought a la Pineda right now, yeah. and the team is flattened. I mean, yeah. they're just totally flattened. Yeah, well, the Wolves came Sorry, back. Kevin. The Wolves came back to time this last weekend after a two <laughs> two goal lead. Yeah. Uh, Wolves a good side. It's a really good side. Yeah, but I, mean, uh, I don't need to you, tell you that. But. Yeah. Lukaku and uh, Luk- so I have one more question. Yep. 
So last week, two weeks ago, you were pretty down on Atlanta United. You said time to throw in the towel, at least not in terms of like the season being you know totally a waste, but that we were not going to contend. They go out, they win four to one. They have a little more promise. Are you still feeling that way? What does the season outlook for you? Well, first off, I, I say it would be a travesty if we didn't make the playoffs. I said that in the last podcast. Sure. Making the playoffs, too talented not to, even with Miles out. Like, look at the depth that we have. Like, yeah. Ronald Hernandez, Alex Dijon, serviceable, George Campbell. Like, we've got options back there as, as terrible that uh, as a, an injury that is and, and blow to the team. We're still okay. And we still have a lot of players that are starting to click, like Ibarra, Sosa, Hyman's coming back. We got Araujo's just getting back in form. And who's this guy up front? What's his name? Ronaldo, Ronaldo is that an anomaly? We'll find out. Um, and you know, yeah, we don't have any more Jake Mulraney. He got <laughs> traded to Orlando, uh, which means you know who we're going to see more of, which I love, which is Caleb Wiley. Caleb Wiley yeah. didn't get that he injured. Got hurt though. Didn't get injured that bad. The ankle's not too bad. Yeah, he I just think. got a knock in the ankle. He's yeah. tw- twenty years old. He'll be fine. He's fine. <laughs> He'll be back. So no. you know, it's interesting. We talked in the last podcast about Sosa and his lower body knock right you know early in the game Abara went down right after robinson right and he was down for a while and the speed with which sosa ran up to the side to go in the game says to me he could have been in the starting lineup people yeah i i mean he was ready to go in at 20th minute or whatever yeah. it was like come on put me in coach put me in coach yeah. i'm like mm. but that's i mean look if you're on if you're a substitute in today's generation of soccer yeah. you are ready to go yeah but not if you're sosa because you have a guaranteed spot if he you know if you say look if if he if you're a guy who's pushing for a spot you know then sure but if you're a guy who's going to be a starter no matter when you're ready and you've been injured then you're like look no coach because I'm still coming back, and I want to stick to my plan. I want my 30 minutes, whatever it is. No player's ever said that. That's not true. A player's like, put me in, start me, not give me my 30 minutes. That's just that's <laughs> ridiculous talk, Dave. No player's <laughs> ever said that. What? I, hello? Fair. It's fair. Okay, thank fair. you. <laughs> no. They, they are on the bench because I they stand are. corrected. I'm sorry again. That's twice. <laughs> <laughs> It was a good. It was a good try. Uh, <laughs> no, every player wants to yeah. play all the they minutes should. every game. Because yeah, if, if they if they don't, then they shouldn't even be on the bench. Yeah. So, yeah, of course he's pumped, uh, and I love the fact that Abara is now given a little competition. Uh, for not, sure. Not that uh, there's not room for both of them. And they haven't updated Joseph Martinez. No, and uh, that is further worry. It's classic Atlanta United, which means he's probably there, starting the next game. No, there, there, there was <laughs> there, there was a, a note by uh, Doug Roberson that said that um, he is training and things are going well. So you know, for a reporter to at least get a positive quote, says you know, at least things are progressing in the right direction. Okay. Take that for what it's worth. Dave. We'll take since, that. Since That's the theme of tonight's podcast. Well, I mean, Things are progressing you're the in the one right who's direction. The, you're the one who's the optimist. Ooh, a little microphone troubles there. Yeah. Uh, you're the one who's an optimist about Joseph coming back. I'm still in the grand, the grand schemes, uh, a little skeptical. Um, we'll see, though. Hopefully okay. he will make it back on the field here in May. What, okay. are the, what are the odds we're going to see him in May? 
Based on the silence, he's starting the next game. (laughs) (laughs) All right, before we go, one more time, we will be tweeting when we're recording the podcast. If you want to call in and be on the podcast, um, look for the tweets. The number is 470-387-1982-1982. That will only be, that phone number will only be in play while we're recording the podcast, but you too can be on the show. And please... Subscribe if you're watching on YouTube, ring the bell, tell a friend, and follow us on Twitter at ATL on Fire. And we appreciate everybody listening. Uh, next time, maybe we should also think about doing uh, like a live YouTube thing. I don't know. I like it. Carmen, we're going to put you to the pressure. Are you ready for that? Always. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Take care.